Okay, welcome to the Content Minds. I want to thank Doritos for being our sponsor this week and Chipotle. We're going to be chainsawing in half a uh, Lamborghini and then lighting on fire with flamethrowers that my buddy Luke built. Welcome to the Content House. Uh, I was not aware you were going to do that and I, I, I can't follow it. I'm sorry. Uh, my name is Ryan and I... Uh, what kind of influencer would I be? I am a... Uh, oh, you would be an influencer who would like go way too far and get cancelled at some point for... like doing something that you thought was good and like it wouldn't it wouldn't be like you know japanese body but it, it would be it would be i don't know you'd like paint a road oh ro- yeah ro- I, got, I got it i got it my name is ryan and i recently got canceled for dabbing at gettysburg what's up my name's luke and i desperately try and make my tiktok channel successful while hanging around with more successful youtubers uh, and trying to get my face in the background oh yeah you're like the guy who's like definitely bankrolling the whole thing but he's also doing like a lot of the admin. Yeah, 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 yeah. In a couple of years, you're going to be the one that finds my bloated corpse like face down in a like emptied out pool. Yeah, but we'll pretend that I, I don't know you because I now have a more successful business, you know, yeah. health insurance and all that sort of stuff. You're just like working at like Wyden and Kennedy. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Um, if you haven't already picked up yet on it, we are talking about hype houses this week. So I was thinking, are they called hype houses or was that just one of them and we're just calling it hype house? Because they're really like the content houses, really. There's not a ton of um, agreement on the nomenclature. I've seen them referred to as hype houses. I've seen them referred to as creator houses. I've seen them referred to as content houses. Um, they're just like crappy McMansions that a bunch of 20-year-olds live in and make viral content inside of. Yeah, I mean, you're probably being over-optimistic with the ages there. They're much younger than that, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they. St- I think some of them have been like closer to 14 or 15, but I think the meat... It's worrying. The median age is probably 20, and then I think a chip goes off in your hand when you turn 25 and they kill you or evict you or whatever it is. Well, it's, it's, no, it's either... It's, it's like... It's like any entertainment business. You hit 24 and you're either a raging success and will therefore carry on and for some reason still be doing it when you're like 35 uh, or you will leave the business entirely and return to your Midwestern town. You will also, though, either like have a serious drug problem or be super duper religious. Yep, that's that's I mean, that is that not also like 80 percent of America as it is? I mean, yeah, that's true. You're either like you have a like a very low grade drug addiction or you're super religious, or you're in the middle and you are really into crystals on Instagram. And those are the people that, and those are the swing voters, Trump and, and Biden are fighting. Yeah, them. yeah. The crystal people are the ones that deter- determine the everything. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and somewhere in there are clean eating people. I haven't really been able to figure out the political compass of clean eating people yet. I think clean eating people are, are very, well, because they're very insular, like, they don't really have a political compass because they're just they're just in the center because they they they're not aware of the concept of politics because to them everything is filtered through whether or not they can they can eat the right bit of tofu. Yeah, that sounds right to me. That sounds right. Um, did you see the the Eric Trump anime thing? Uh, was this the Google searches? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what was you're gonna have to explain it to me because it was one of the things that I saw and there's been a lot of news over here today, so I've been focusing on that. 
And I, oh I, yeah, I, wait. I skipped the anime. Wait, wait. What's going on with your like plan? Everyone's talking about how the UK government can't decide like how many people they're supposed to be. Is, did you, they change something? Oh, again? so we've changed it. We've changed it. We've changed it. So okay. what it used to be was that you could meet as many people as you liked, but only from two households. Now it's you meet as many people from you meet people from as many households as you like, but only a maximum of six people. Oh, wait. Okay, so they've changed. So they've changed the amount of households. Oh, and you used to be able to meet more. You used to be able to meet more people outside, and now you can only meet six people outside as well. Okay, this sounds simple, but it's actually very confusing. It's deep. Well, it's it's one of these things where it's like rule of six: you can only meet six people at a time. Right. That's nice and simple. And then it goes, huh? There are some exceptions. You can still go to work. You can still go to offices. You can still go to restaurants. Uh, you just can't go with more than six people, or meet more than six people there. You can't go with but what if you were to bump okay so what if you were like gonna go to Deshoom and you bump into like and you're with three friends and there's you so that's four and then you bump into two friends and then you guys go to a pub afterwards that would be more than the six people but technically the other two well, people I, I should point out that's that's six people oh wait that that's is six people oh, yeah, okay so there's four of you and then you meet three people yeah, and then you become a group because you've met out at the restaurant, but you were each separate groups that had entered the public space in less than six, but then you've combined into seven. Ah, well, you can't meet in the restaurant. So if you went and you sat your table of four, and you saw your f- table of three friends on their table of three over the other side of the restaurant, you could like wave, but you couldn't go and talk to them. Ah, uh, I see. That that is complicated though. See, it's a lot easier over here because we just don't have the virus anymore. That's cool. We just got rid of it. Um, got rid of it about five or six months ago. And so we just, Oh, nice. Yeah. We should have thought of that. Everything's fine now. Um, the anime thing is pretty simple. Basically, Eric Trump searched the word mob. Mob is the main character of an anime called mob psycho 100. Google obviously has a lot of anime inside of it because like anime fans control culture. Sure. And so all of the search results for the word mob are of mob for mob psycho and not, what I assume were the leftist mobs he was trying to find. I mean, could they not also be tailored to him? And they're just like, hey, you are the sort of guy who'd be very into anime. No, no, no. So, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe like Baron had been using his computer or something, because I assume Baron is a huge anime guy. But I mean, that kid's giant. Have you seen that kid recently? Yeah, he's giant and awkward. He is absolutely watching anime. Um, yeah. I use the incognito mode to see, and mob does bring up mob regardless of cookies, so... I mean, it makes sense because, like, how many people are Googling pictures of mobs? Well, Eric Trump. And then the other thing is if you search mobs, plural, you get some kind of Minecraft thing. But I don't play enough Minecraft to know what I'm looking at. But I guess there's something mobs sure. in it. And, but it, but that makes more sense because, like, how many – like, of course Google's going to give you the thing that people want to look at, which is the anime character or the Minecraft thing. Because who's sitting around just, like, Googling crowds of people? That's absurd. Yeah, it's it's literally just Eric Trump. Uh yeah, and I assume a, a, a small number of other influencers working on the Trump campaign. Yeah, I mean it's it's just it's just really incredible that they do this all the time, and then obviously it becomes the number one trending topic in the world because like this is just what culture is now is like an insane rich person doing something stupid, and then like we all have to talk about it for like five days. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's about covers it. Um, our Twitter trends are pretty much constantly Hitler. Uh, yeah, you guys, he, you guys he talk on, about he trends Hitler. on Twitter like every three days. It's it's dark what's what's the most recent reason hitler started trending in the uk <laughs> uh i think today uh he was trending the other day uh linked to 
basically over the course of a day, every single British serial killer and mass murderer in the world trended uh, for about like an hour. Why? Um, because uh, we've just hired Tony Abbott as a trade expert. You know, the guy who eats the onion like an apple repeatedly like the thing he does a lot wait wait. let me explain this let me explain this tony abbott is a former prime minister of australia he looks yep. like a lizard man and he has on more than one occasion bitten into an onion like it were an apple and it is one of the funny it is to this day the funniest vine i've ever seen because the man just eats the onion and there's no reaction on his face he just bites into it and he's like mm, good yes it's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he's been hired to run British trade policy. Uh, is he British? That, no, he's Australian. Right, but so is he moving to England? Yeah. Man, man, these are the questions we've been asking for a while, and we've not got good answers. Okay. <laughs> he is also he is also widely considered to be uh, a homophobe, misogynist, a bunch of other unpleasant things. Uh, and Matt Hancock, uh, uh, our, our health secretary, was on TV, and someone said, "Hey." This guy is misogynist and homophobe. And he goes, well, he's also quite good at trade policy. Oh, good. Um, at which point everyone kept, quote, tweeting it with the name of different serial killers and going like, so you're like about Harold Shipman. He was quite a good doctor. Um, uh, and I then, see. yeah, just different serial killers uh, all through the day. Uh, you know, so we were like about Jimmy Savile. He did give money to charity. Uh, right. And yeah. And then Hitler was one of those people <laughs> who went through that cycle and trended because, you know, Obviously, everyone replied, and then everyone saw, oh, this is a joke. I see it's trending. And then everyone kept trying to come up with different serial killers. And, and that was that was the day in tw- Twitter trends that day. Yeah, it's super cool that like you can just open up that app on any given moment, and there's just like the word Hitler trending like number five in your country. It's super neat. It's constantly. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, well, speaking of uh, insane rich people who control culture and are actively making our lives, um, I guess, worse. Maybe not worse, but at least dumber. Um, let's talk about Hype Houses. Yeah, God, I feel less hyped even mentioning them. Every time I look at them, they they suck energy out of me. I think that may be how they're, they're also young, constantly. Uh, yeah, it's like, a, it's like a Dorian Gray situation where, like, there's an old influencer up in the attic that's just like getting older and older as they stay young forever yeah um i feel like many of these these you know they're children like many some of them are literal children some of them are are only metaphorical children but they've all they i feel like they've all been around forever and the fact that most of them i didn't know who they were six months ago is is haunting yeah i mean it is interesting where you know i don't want to sound like back in my day because like I mean, I'm not old enough to really be doing that yet, but back in my day, I felt like most people had a good handle on all of the famous people, and now there's just, like, more, less famous people. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, I think we had this conversation a, while, a little while ago when we were talking about uh, Charlie D'Amelio and Little Huddy and Chase Hudson, who I think may be the same person. Uh uh chase and... hudson is lil huddy yeah that's correct yeah okay sorry I, I, I forgot how much you knew about these people <laughs> uh, but i mean what i think is interesting about the tiktok houses is how it's like an old thing it's an old internet concept that's existed for a while but because of everything now the internet has become so effectively industrialized that it goes from here is a thing we're trying to do to um 
it's it's risen it's fallen uh empires have crumbled and been rebuilt uh <laughs> new alliances have formed and i've just i've just got uh, the new crusader kings so i'm thinking in this I see, I see. imperial terms yeah um, of course yeah uh, uh and they you know they yeah they do literally start rival houses and they hate each other and then they like each other again then they meet up then they give each other coronavirus uh and then they go to the same steakhouse every night for some reason. Okay, well let's 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 lay out the map here. I feel like to start things off, yeah. I I tried to get a list of there is so there really isn't because the concept is old, but like the new phenomenon is so new that I feel like the the landscape hasn't really been mapped out yet, and is also constantly changing. But according to a Fox Business story that I found <laughs> uh, about hype houses. The biggest content houses, I guess, let, let's, from here here on, this is the content minds, let's talk about content houses, okay? So, yeah. the biggest content houses we have are Hype House and Sway House. Those are, like, the two, that's, like, the Lannisters and the Starks, I feel like. Sure, that's, like, yeah, the, the yeah. Okay. Or Baratheons and Lannisters. I don't really, I don't know enough about the houses in the real world to compare them to the fake houses in Game of Thrones that I know way more about, but... Hype house. How about, how about how about Lancashire and Yorkshire? Oh man, uh, yeah, okay, yes, that actually the white the white rose and the red rose. Yeah, the war of the roses. Yes, okay, so that's hype house and sway house. Then we have clout house, which is another one. Clubhouse Beverly Hills, and then the newest one is not a content house, which I've seen some buzz about. And then get, getting more confusing are the gamer houses. The biggest one of which would be like FaZe Clan, but FaZe Clan is sort of technically a content house as well. And they also got, I found out this morning, uh, thanks to Mashable reporter uh, Morgan Sung, uh, FaZe Clan got PPP money, uh, which is just fantastic. Um, That's good. Definitely check that article out on Mashable. Um, (laughs) So you have these content houses. I don't really understand the, I, I suppose like, to compare contrast them doesn't make a lot of sense because that's not really what people do with them. They're more like they're more like augmented reality reality shows. I mean, I get why I get why they exist. Like they do it does make sense to have more people there that you can collaborate with, a place where you can like go and everyone's working on a similar thing to you. Uh and you, yeah, you can make more content easier. That that does make sense. But it doesn't what doesn't quite make what does make sense is the yeah, the the meta reality show, which is both real and not real at the same time in that they are often beefing about like random shit, but then they are also like leaving these houses often and starting a new house. Right. I mean, it is kind of like Lord of the Flies a bit. I feel like my favorite one that I found out is, uh, is this, uh, woman called Daisy Keach. What is this one? I don't know this one. Daisy Keach. So she is, she was originally in the hype house. How do you, Daisy she was an Keech. original member. Okay. I'm yeah, she's an up. original member of the hype house, which obviously got started in, in January this year or december last year january this this year and she left during the great hype schism of mid 2020 or oh no it gets better than that so she left uh in march because she was like uh i'm there was there was there was a controversy about important business decisions that were happening and she didn't know about them okay so that was a big deal so she left found her own organization which was the clubhouse is this clubhouse beverly hills this is clubhouse beverly hills okay uh that was primarily female content creators but then, five months later, uh, she decided she was going to leave that house as well. So she's she's founded and left two houses within the last year, and has a fact decided to entirely leave TikTok and in TikTok and Instagram and YouTube 
to become uh, an interior designer. What? She is 20. Wait, but, well, okay, wait, her, her most recent Instagram was three days ago. I mean, look, it's hard to leave, leave. Yeah, okay, wait, so interior designer? Yeah, she's just got, she's just decided that's, that's that over. But no, her last YouTube was two weeks ago. Okay, wait, wait. Clubhouse founder Daisy Keach explains why she's leaving the org. This is from Dexerto, which I highly recommend. If you're trying to follow like any of this garbage, Dexerto is kind of the best website I've found for this. Yeah. She explained she wanted to pursue interior design and home renovation. And she, but, so, but. Like, is this not an astonishing thing? It's like eight, that's eight months. That's all happened in eight months. That she she's, studied like. And she sued them. Cool. Good for her. I guess. She sued. She took legal action against the Hype House and sued them, although there's no news of what the suit is or about or anything. What? But see, okay, wait. I'm wondering if this makes sense to a British person, but like the last line of this of this Dixerto article makes a really interesting connection, which is it says maybe she could be the next Property Brothers. Yep. This is actually really smart for her because if she's, you know, she's got like what 5 million followers on Instagram. If she does become an interior interior designer, she could like rise up the uh the HGTV like uh home renovation industrial complex. That's I mean that's possible. That's that's certainly like a way she could go, but are the people that she has on her current like Instagram are the same people who are going to be interested in like house renovation or house renovation in a way that would make her a practical like face of something of that no I think this is actually smart I think this is totally smart because interior design is just like staging Instagram photos I mean I think there's a bit more to it than that but I don't know enough about it to like guarantee that I mean for her interior design is just like she can like put decorations in her photographs and take photos of nice houses and then like that's it's perfect sure yeah I guess yeah, maybe this maybe this is a smart move, and she's the only one who's going to achieve escape velocity to uh, real real TV. But the, this is this is it feels so much like all of these when when you know ten years ago in early YouTube stuff, it felt very much like everyone was doing it for fun, and now it's very clear that these people like they are enjoying it, but they're also like very acutely aware that they have to get out as fast as they can. Okay, well, like let's talk about escape velocity. I feel like this concept might not be familiar to people who haven't spent years slaving on the internet for zero reward, but essentially what you're describing is like reaching enough virality where they can have a normal job, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's the idea that they are famous enough and enough people will pay to put them in things that they can have a, you know their own diverse platforms, but also appear on film, appear in TV, host shows and stuff like that. And there's a couple of like really interesting people who who've tried to do this. And there are people who've tried to do it too early and not too early in their, their careers, but too early in the before the internet was big enough to make them big to, to make them stars that were able to like hang with a show. So, um, I mean, I feel like the, the best example is Tyler Oakley, who I mean, oh, I was going to say Grace Hel- Helbig, but like same group, same deal, same like original crew, same like big personalities, same crossover appeal, like you'd think. And yet, like in a perfect world, Tyler Oakley should be like the new Ryan Seacrest and Grace yeah. Helbig should be like a late night host or something. Yeah, she'd be a really good late night host. And yet, for some reason, every time they get up a little bit, they sort of sputter out and they go back to YouTube. And I've always wondered, is that like the industry not being able to know what to do with internet personalities? Or is it a sickness that you and I both have 
which is a complete aversion to like not having metrics and instant gratification of publishing content. Oh, okay. So yeah, no, I see that. But I think I think that it is that they are not like famous enough and it's hard to get in basically they can't get into normal the normal way you'd come up in tv like if you wanted to end up um like as a let's say as a late night host probably you'd be doing a lot of stand-up and you'd get known among like the stand-up people and then you'd do a spot here and a spot there and you would do different things as you kind of built up to that point but on yes. youtube you can't really do that so the people booking are just like i don't know they've got a lot of followers on youtube we'll put them on tv and if their audience of five million subscribers translates to 500,000 viewers on TV. They're like, well, what is the point of this? Like, we're not getting the thing. We're not, they think that they're buying an audience, not a personality. Right. And they're not rebuying an audience because that's not how it works. The two things are different. Plus like, I mean, this, this is a funny conversation to have now that the coronavirus has essentially turned TV into just like really high produced YouTube videos. Yeah. But for the longest time, um, TV was a completely different medium than YouTube in, in a way where like, you know, I remember in college being told that you couldn't do jump cuts in your in a video <laughs> editing class. And then I'd be going on the Internet and YouTube was just full of jump cuts. And I'd think like, well, why can't I do that? Everyone's doing that. And then five years later, you see jump cuts sometimes being used even in feature films as a way to like express a, like a, a period of time passing. And it's like the the things that were happening on the internet were happening way faster and progressing way faster than they were happening in like establishment media. But you'd think like, you'd think that someone from YouTube would have figured it out. I mean, there's Lily Singh. She has a TV show in America and she was super woman on YouTube for a long time. Yeah. She's, she did okay. And, but yeah, it is kind of weird now when you go back to all those original uh, YouTuber and internet celebrities that they didn't never, none of them ever really got anywhere out of it. And it was, it was, they were basically too early. But now, some of the people who are appearing now are getting stuff out of it, like, pretty quickly. Like, they're kicking well, around TV shows. They're kicking around, like, big things already. Yeah. And I do think that, like, there's definitely an entire class of influencer that... I think TikTok is also different than YouTube in a way because TikTok, in my mind, requires slightly more... I don't want to say talent because that's not correct. But I feel like TikTok, to go viral consistently on TikTok requires a clearer sense of what kind of performer you are yeah it's like I think youtube it's, like youtube you can vlog and you can just go viral as a as a as a personality and like you're just a you're just like a a, a digital friend whereas with tiktok it feels more like okay are you gonna dance in this one are you gonna do makeup in this one are you gonna like review stuff in this one like what are you doing in this yeah it's like you've got to have a very you basically have less chance to do it right like rather than a tv show having like an episode of a tv show it's like having a a single sketch in order to make an impression it's just everything is boiled down and you've got to get it right a lot quicker uh with a, and it's a lot less forgiving i think i think that's right also like the the tiktokers seem to be smarter about connecting all the platforms together in a way that was kind of not totally natural for youtubers yeah and it, it's the exact thing that screwed over a lot of the viners who all thought vine is great i'm good at doing these very funny six second videos and didn't really ever build their platforms outside of it. Like I remember at the time looking at a bunch of them being like, it seems like you guys should be like more famous in other places. And then obviously that didn't work out. I mean, the more I think, uh, so like looking through like research for this episode, I was looking at Vine a lot because Vine, I mean, obviously the big joke is like TikTok is just Vine again, but that's not really true. It's, It's that like Vine 
created our concept of 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 a of a of a digital entertainer basically. Yeah. Like like we had YouTubers but like a Viner, the Viner crew, they invented the modern era, like the Logan Paul original Vine Street. So I don't know if people listening know this, but at the height of Vine, uh, I think it was like the top 20 most popular Viners in the world. Yeah, it was like 17 of the top 20 or something. Yeah. Yeah. And like it was King Bach was one of them. Logan Paul was one of them. Um, and they all got together and they bought... Or they rented out apartments. Well, they rented one big mansion. No, no, that, no, that was no. It was a street, wasn't it? No, it was it was all it was one apartment complex on Vine Street in L.A. <laughs> and street. then they figured out that if they all appeared in each other's vines, they could manipulate the leaderboard of Vine to keep their plays higher than everyone else's. So they created like essentially like a, an attention economy monopoly in this one apartment building in L.A. Yeah. Then towards the end of Vine's life cycle. They went into a meeting with the heads of Vine and said, like, you need to start paying us or we're going to leave the platform. And uh, you can read about this in a Mike.com article called The Secret Meeting That Changed the Fate of Vine Forever. It's a really fascinating, fascinating thing in Internet history. But they basically they're like, pay us or we're going to go. And they went and then the platform died. It's weird that like Logan Paul was like a early, I don't want to say like workers' rights hero, but like he was definitely. I mean, no, like, he wanted to be a boss. Was the thing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it is unfortunate that they figured out how to use collective action to essentially go on strike and bankrupt a platform. Yeah, even though everyone involved is completely evil and like probably have done more harm to culture than good, but it is interesting that they all banded together and realized that they were stronger together than they were competing with one another for views yeah which seems to be what hype is sort of like the platonic ideal of a hype house even though i don't think that's what's happening with hype houses no exactly i think i mean the problem is is they were using it to essentially manipulate the algorithm rather than you know just get each other famous but they figured out how to like monopolize it and break it and then i don't know it just there is something incredibly strange about the idea of having a meeting with them to demand payment but equally the tiktok people got paid monetization was not really possible inside of tiktok like last year this summer tiktok according to the verge uh oh friend of the show julia alexander wrote about this uh in <laughs> july tiktok launched a 200 million dollar fund to directly pay creators yeah that's wild it's wild but it's also like you have to do it because if you don't they're gonna leave yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, though, is they're all trying to get out anyway. And is that sort of speed of turnaround? Because it was reasonably quick with the Vine, but there was a solid 18 months to two years where they were just like, isn't Vine great? And they would do the occasional thing where they'd be like, oh, I should have a YouTube channel as well. I should have an Instagram channel as well. And they, But they never did a huge amount with it, and they were all focused on Vine. And then this time around, like, they've instantly, they've all got other channels. They've all got Instagrams that have, like, a different, like, brand on. They've got Twitter feeds that have a different brand on. They're launching, like, a bunch of the people you go to the people in the original like hype house, uh, particularly the uh, the female creators have all launched stuff like so fast in like a really impressive way. Like they've got makeup lines, they've got clothing oh, lines, yeah. they've got TV shows, they've got podcasts. Uh, like they yeah they've just got everything. And like we're going to get this ASAP, and then we're going to be immediately ready to to go and not need this app if this app changes. 
So I've wondered, though, if that was also a psychological reaction to the idea of growing up with YouTubers and understanding in a weird way that pigeonholing yourself by a platform means that, like, you will feel like a thing for kids. Like, in the way that, like, I see this in comment sections a lot, like, especially on Reddit, where you have these younger users being like, oh, PewDiePie reminds me of being 14. Because, like, they all had the PewDiePie phase. And I'm wondering if, like, the 20-year-olds in these hype houses are trying to grind as fast as possible up and out of TikTok because they realize that if they stick around for too long, they'll have the weird, like, Blue's Clues child entertainer syndrome, and they don't want that. I think it's a bit that, but I think it's also that they've seen YouTube creators get repeatedly really frustrated with the platform. Well, they all become, like, psychologically damaged and, like, can't function anymore. Yeah, Yeah, that, but also, like... (laughs) YouTube randomly changes monetization policies. It randomly changes this and that. And, you know, it also censors conservatives who want to tell the truth <laughs> about what's happening in the video game industry. Look, man, the people just didn't like your videos. That's not. Look, when I leak all my footage to Keemstar later, I'm going to shut everyone down. Um, yeah, I mean, um, I think that's true because, like, YouTube is a black box and they don't tell you anything. And, like, you can't have a business based on fucking the whims of some random computer program i mean you should tell that to all media outlets and you could tell it to all of wall street yes i am aware <laughs> <laughs> um, we are all controlled by invisible algorithms welcome to the content minds a podcast exploring <laughs> that very idea um but yeah i mean that's exactly it though there's an algorithm they don't totally understand it they know that at some point it may change and they need to have a resilient content stream somewhere else that means they, they can survive and yeah, and I think that the fact that it's that it's happened so quickly has also meant that other trends have accelerated, like um, content creator houses, because they they know they have got to grow as quickly as they can, and want in order to in order to get the other stuff. So it makes perfect sense, even if they're only living in these houses for like three months. I mean, I totally get the idea of why you'd want to do a hype house. It's like you and a bunch of other beautiful twenty year olds get to move into a house and just like make content all day. That sounds amazing. I mean. I've heard similar offers made about free snacks in an office full of all of your friends. <laughs> I mean, in, re- in retrospect, we really wasted that time when we were living in the same house. I mean, we could have... I mean, God, could you have imagined if we were filming regularly in that disgusting apartment in Stoke Newington? I mean, yeah, that's why we're in the pub so much instead. Yeah, I mean, like, there was just like... Chi- I, I just remember, like, a, a constant smell of, like, chicken. Like fried chicken bones. Well, that's just London. There are times where you and I would like make content together, but if we had to do that every single day, I think I would have murdered you. Yeah, I mean, when we did decide to make content, we uh, did it far too much because we did the Marvel marathon. Yeah, that was which too much. Was a lot. Uh, there was also the Buckfast incident. Yes, there was also the Buckfast incident. Yeah, I, I mean, but I get why you'd want to do it. I feel like it would be a lot of you would you'd have a lot of fun, but then also. Like twenty year olds like shouldn't live together, and like especially when they're like ultra famous in a weird way that doesn't have any like ramif- yeah, there's no 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 one's in charge, you know what I mean like there's no there's no there's no one's at the wheel here. you're basically saying where where are the adults I mean, I guess yeah, I guess like where are the adults, but also like but I don't the, even know if there should be adults around I mean yeah, that's the thing with it like the, the when there are adults involved, it goes horribly wrong because a lot of these uh houses are. That this is the other thing is that you know in if you go back to the YouTube houses like uh what team the Team Ten house or whatever like they ran a company themselves like there was a guy there who was doing the admin uh and also trying to be a YouTuber but mainly he was clearly doing the admin um 
Are you are you talking about like that weird British guy that lived in the Team Ten house? Yeah, I met him once when I did that thing on Social Chain because he was a Social Chain guy. What's his name? Nick something. Nick Nick Compton. Nick, Nick Compton. Crompton. Nick, Nick Com- Compton or Crompton. Yeah, but he was clearly the one doing all the admin because you know he had been part of a business that was right running in the UK. It was doing a, a pretty similar thing. But now instead, like rather than them setting them up on their own, I think the hype house was set up on their own. But an awful lot of the others are run by basically talent agencies like influencer agencies because the influencer right. agencies already exist for youtube stars and they see the tiktok stars and they're like great we're gonna sign this 17 year old this 19 year old this 20 year old this other 17 year old and we're gonna say hey we're gonna give you a house we're gonna pay half your rent and we'll get you brand deals that you have to do uh and they all say yes this sounds great i don't want to negotiate brand deals i assume that i can't and yeah it goes horribly wrong pretty fast of course it does you've like monetized your like you're very living, you know, like you're, you're living in basically like a casino of internet traffic. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like, it's like living in the Gawker big board. Uh, there are, were a lot of companies in the Gawker era where everyone was living together and were, you know, basically doing what we now call a hype, a hype house where there was a leaderboard and you had a, you had six bloggers living together in a loft in Bushwick and, taking shitloads of drugs and grinding for internet traffic. And like, that was just like a thing that people did for a while. It's back when blogging was cool. I mean, God, I miss blogging. Blogging was cool. Blogging still is cool. People just call it newsletters now and you get like a bunch of venture capital for it. It's, it's a, it's a better solution because yeah, I wouldn't want to live in in one of the, the, the TikTok houses now or a blog house now. I imagine a blog house in 2014 would have been quite fun. I'd start a blog house now, even though like I'm 30, I feel like it'd be kind of fun. Start a newsletter house. I sort of have gone. I've sort of been going along with the hype house phenomenon, with the understanding and the assumption that this will be like a footnote in internet history and like will not actually matter. I sort of think that like we're gonna look back on it and be like, that was weird. That like that was even notable that a bunch of influencers are living together, because I assume it'll just become like the de facto norm pretty soon, or it'll just never happen again because like people realize it's such a bad idea. I mean, I think the thing that's happened now is that kind of because there are talent agencies dealing with this, you know, there are bosses involved. It would be quite hard to be a TikToker now and start a hype house on your own without some other agency getting involved and exploiting you or fucking you over or doing any one of a number of things that will cause you much more much more grief. Uh, and therefore, you, yeah, well, what's the point of starting a, a content creator house? I mean, I guess it's the collabs, right? It's like getting, it's like the ability to like, make constant content but then also wouldn't you have like a like imagine choosing to be truman in the truman show you'd have like a psychotic breakdown yeah probably and and there's also there's, yeah there's a limited amount of time you can do that like there would be a great six months where you're like oh my god these numbers are just going up this is amazing and then you get out of it and you're like wow i really could do with fresh air and not <laughs> like not being in this in this house where everyone is constantly filming like, I remember there was, like, a period of time where, like, you and me and a bunch of our coworkers, all we did was hang out with each other and drink and talk about posts and internet traffic. And it definitely broke everyone's brains for, like, a while. And a it took while. a long time for everyone to, like, people just, like, couldn't function anymore and stopped hanging out because, like, it was toxic and insane. Yeah, I was, I was like, getting a bus home and getting off the bus. And I was, like, making notes on my, on my phone about, like, posts I wanted to do. And I was, like, I had headlines just streaming constantly through my phone i was just constantly adding headlines to them which i imagine is a very similar thing that they're going through oh my god i could TikTok on this oh, i can do a video on this and stuff but yeah that it burns you out and you and you feel kind of like 
I, I, you know, this is horrible to admit it, but I feel like this is the intimate space to admit this sort of thing. But the the internet traffic high is fucking wild. It is the most wild feeling in the world to realize that like millions of people have consumed a thing that you did. Yep. And I don't know if this is true for other people who have gone through this, but typically the things that are consumed by millions of people aren't very good. <laughs> and I would feel like this really bizarre. I feel like on a Friday, I'd feel like I am God of the internet and everyone has consumed my content. And then by Monday or by Sunday, I would have this feeling of like, well, shouldn't I be like making better shit? Well, yeah, this was the, this is the other half of it. Cause you also end up getting better at making more people read it, which is not the same thing as getting better at the stuff itself. Exactly. Like you're not, you're not the skill that you're building. Isn't the skill that you think you're building. Like, and I imagine this applies to TikTok as well, where it's like, say you're, you make a viral dance and you then become reasonably well-known on TikTok and you've got like a million followers and they want more dances. You continue doing this for about six to six to eight months. You most likely won't become a better dancer, but you will become better at serving dance related content to that audience because the numbers like metrics don't make you a better writer. They don't make you a better performer. They make you better at delivering higher metrics for that platform. Like you just get better at the video game. You don't get better at the thing that attracted the attention of the video game, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. You, you're, you're, yeah, if you're doing a dance, you're like, oh, people like this dance. I'm going to do this dance one out of every five times I'm doing a dance. You're not getting better at the dance. I mean, that's always been the joke with the TikTok people is they all suck at dancing. Like they suck at, <laughs> like, like, yeah, the, they, I mean, I, there are, as far as I understand, some of them are actually good at dancing in other circumstances but they are worse at dancing on TikTok because they have to do a specific sort of dance for a TikTok, which involves not a lot like, of movement. It's like, it's like you, I'm doing it right now, but it's like, it's like a move of my hands and arms in a way that the, like are in frame of the camera. And then like, you can't move. Like, imagine you have to dance to a stationary frame, right? Cause like the camera's not really moving in half of these. So, I mean, yeah, it's like, it's a really weak. It's almost like shit line dancing, kind of. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like, it's exactly that, and it's it's really. Wait, wait, no, wait, wait. Now I'm imagining like imagine like okay, like 15, 20 years from now, you you like you're like on a dusty side road in like West Texas somewhere, and from like you pull up to like a like a service station with like a saloon kind of bar attached to it, and you hear like uh like caramel dancing. You know that song, like Caramel Dancing, and it's like playing from like inside this old saloon, and and you're like, what, what is that? I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna get a beer, you know. And you're walking across the gravel of the parking lot, and then you open the door, and it's just like fifty like Gen Z middle-aged people <laughs> doing like the backpack kid dance to Caramel Dancing in like this weird Texas saloon. Like that's what it is. It's just shit lined in. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, we had the exact same thing. Um, it's the fact that you also, as you get better at it, like the the rewards stay the same, but there's kind of a, a cap on it. So it becomes like, oh, I know this is going to do well, and you do it, and it does well, and you're like, cool. And like, I made the th I made the thing happen. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. I I I pressed the button, and uh, I I got the like I got the electrode, and <laughs> my brain went off, and, and gave me the happy thing. <laughs> I imagine it's like how serial killers feel like taking apart a small animal. They're like, yeah. that's how it works. That's how the bird works. I know. I want to see how you work now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. And like the yeah, the hits need to get bigger, and then yeah, you 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 lose your mind. And I think that it happens much quicker on TikTok because the numbers are so much bigger. I mean, could you imagine like? the period that we went through where our traffic was like the only thing we cared or talked about. But imagine we were beautiful and imagine we were in LA and imagine we were millionaires and imagine there was 20 of us in one house. Imagine the moods that people must be going through, like based on engagement, they must be like psychologically torturing each other. Yeah. And just like, imagine walking out of, you know, you're, you're kind of like, wow, okay, it's a Sunday. I would really like to go to a bar and maybe go for a walk or something and the other thing's like hey sorry you need to be my video uh i've got a lamborghini that i'm gonna pick purple uh and i'm just like ah jesus do we okay fine like and also like none of these kids none of these kids are just doing the smart thing and turning their phone off and going and sitting at a bar for six to seven hours yes that's that's the healthy thing to do just unwind with seven to nine pints of beer quietly on a sunday afternoon in a dark bar full of old men no, and instead just, they're instead they're working on their craft, attempting to get better at it and make money from it. I think it's disgusting. And and, and, and typically taking care of their their bodies by eating well and and not consuming alcohol and exercising is, constantly. And exercising constantly that can't be good for you. That can't no. be good for you at all. No, oh. of course not. What you should be doing is what we did, which is back <laughs> in our day, it was totally fine to grind for traffic five days a week and then drink steadily for three days a week and do the whole thing over again. Yeah, three days, sure. <laughs> yeah, three days. <laughs> I remember there was one time where I was, you and I were like sitting on the couch and you cracked a beer and it was like, it was like four in the afternoon on a Sunday. And I just, I look over, I'm like, Luke, how many days in a row have you been drinking? And you replied, this year or last year? have hype houses are there like is this yeah, happening there we do we do um we had one that started mid-pandemic like during lockdown which was very strange <laughs> and okay, was covered yeah. and was like this was the other this is the other thing that's weird about this like it used to be that people would make things and they'd be like oh this is a, a cool thing but you'd have like a few months to figure it out yeah and in this one it started and within like a week it had been on the bbc it had been a like, guardian it had been on basically every outlet and they'd all talk to this these people and been like, hey, we're selling a hype house. Isn't this cool? Because it was started by an organization. It was started by, by a, a group called um, uh, Fanbytes. I've actually talked about them on this podcast before. It's these insane ones who are like incredibly clickbaity about it. Um, right. Oh, right, 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 right. They yeah. do like the Skittles thing. And like they do like a bunch of like weird. And you have to like follow them across multiple platforms to get like the story of what's going on, right? No, no. they just say like, hey, uh, I've done this crazy prank come back subscribe and i'll put the results oh, of the right, prank on right. later and then they never right. put the result of the prank on it's great it's uh it's genius um but yeah it's it's cr- put together by this company called fan bites it's called the bite house so they're not it's not organic it's not that they've like got together they're they've they're basically being run by another company and you know they're all like they're between like 17 and 17 and 22 i think um so yeah i i think that's super weird that that's how this starts now yeah that is weird because it's like, but then at the same time, like, I don't think it's correct to think that the hype house phenomenon in LA is organic either. No, I think, for sure. But I do think the British reaction to anything that Americans are doing is to be like, well, right, let's incorporate and <laughs> let's uh, sell out as fast as humanly possible. That's definitely it. Like the goal is to sell out now, which I think is, is, is great fun. I've always appreciated that about like British internet culture, which is like, 
there is no illusion that it's for anything other than just like raw, raw engagement and like money. Yeah. I mean, they used to be back in the day. They used to be, but yeah, not anymore. Oh, back in the day for what? Like six months in 2014. <laughs> uh, oh no. I mean like pre-internet era, like when we had like music, but we don't have. Oh, that oh, when you got, yeah. When you got, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's true. You guys did have music for a while. British music was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It was got like Kate Nash and, uh, <laughs> Lily Allen and all the women that sounded like the two of them. <laughs> and you had all the bands that sounded like Block Party. And then you had, uh, uh there's a name for that. I don't know if you saw this happening the other day, but there's Landfill Indie. Landfill Indie? Yeah. Holy shit. That's good. Oh my God. It's bang on. That's just like, yeah. It's just like, oh, uh, we're the Arctic Monkeys with a keyboard. Oh, we're the Arctic Monkeys with, three guitars oh we're the arctic monkeys with no guitars just a bass oh we're the arctic monkeys with a pedal board we're the arctic monkeys with a lady singer yeah it was it was they all did it and uh there were so many of them which like oh god you guys are not good the kooks were bad the kooks the wombats wombats yeah they were there they they were dickheads i was i was uh i had a student radio show at the time and um, we had a whole thing arranged with them because they were coming down to a big festival and stuff uh, that is now, I think, it's, I think the festival's gone broke now. Uh, but yeah, they, they like a day before their appearance just messaged us like, we're not coming. Wow. Uh, they were dicks. Like, and, and it was one of those things where someone like went through and discovered they basically canceled like half the gigs they ever booked. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I once got in a Twitter fight with Gareth Campesinos from Los Campesinos. Everyone's got a Twitter fight with Gareth Campesinos. He's such a he's such a fucking asshole. He's I mean, just I feel a like, British man. He is the most I mean, British man who <laughs> happened to be in a band at one point. There was like a real interesting moment from like 2010 to 2013 where I'm pretty sure all music in the UK was just like a dude from the Midlands screaming over a glockenspiel. Yeah. And you guys like really wanted that to be the next big thing. And it almost got there, but like it just Gareth Campesinos, man. Yeah. What a motherfucker. But then we have we have other uh Ireland has TikTok collectives, TikTok houses. And they had oh. one which which went like re got really strange uh last week. Which was uh, Wait, what happened? It was the goat house. <laughs> so is it wait so is it goat like greatest of all time house yes because like when you say like the irish goat house i'm thinking like it's a literal fucking like goat shed in the <laughs> middle of ireland somewhere no it is a it is a nice uh it is a nice house but uh it's yeah they have they have these things in it but then within two days someone got kicked out of it uh but not for any reason um, he was kicked out of it because he was considered too old to be in it. Oh, that fucking rules. How old was he? Like 23? He was 30. Okay, well, that is fucking old. Look, if there's a guy that looks like us walking around your hype house, like, <laughs> call, the, call the police. Like, or unless he's bankrolling the whole thing, and then, like, I'd still say call the police. Yeah, like, probably. That's weird. Unless he's like a Russian oligarch son, and then I feel like that's kind of cool. No, he's like, just he's just a DJ who had, like, some TikTok followers and was invited in, to I think, to kind of broaden the, the appeal of it. Um, and then everyone just kept calling him like weird or predatory, which was genuinely quite unfair. There's no evidence that he was. He just joined a project with some people who were younger than him, which is part of this well, whole like age discourse that's going on the moment, moment, which is great fun. Well, I feel like, but it is like, it is weird. Like, okay, like let, let's let's play a little thought experiment here. If if uh, if next week, Luke. I uh, Zoom call you from an L.A. mansion, and I'm the only 30-year-old in it, and everyone else is 19 years old. Wouldn't you think that's really fucking weird? Um, but, 
No, it, it would be, it would be super weird, but like the people in it are not that young. They're not all nineteen year olds. Like there are like some nineteen year olds in there, but there's like two twenty five year olds. Like it's not that crazy. No, it's not that crazy. I mean, no. I mean, it is like very like funny to think that like they're like let's just pull in anybody because like I don't know. I feel like the hype houses here are so regimented. Like you know exactly what you're getting. Whereas with the the goat house, it just seems like they ran out of people and were like, let's get this random DJ in as well. Well, this is the other funny thing is that like they don't have huge numbers of followers. Like they have like a lot, but TikTok like levels, it's not that many. Like they have four hundred fifty thousand, three hundred thirty thousand, two hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. Like that's not that many. That's like very optimistic no. to start a, a house. Yeah, that's that's cute. I guess. I mean, because we're talking like. On the lower end, some of these kids have 5 million. Yeah, exactly. Like, in, you wouldn't get into an LA house without 5 million followers. I don't think you could get in with a million. I mean, you could probably get in with a million. I think that's probably yeah, safe to say. Like, that's your, your cutoff. Oh, man. Imagine being the 30-year-old DJ that's kicked out of the first TikTok house in Ireland, though. That's a thing <laughs> that, like, that sucks. That's really rough. Yeah, that is rough. The uh, here, Here's why I think the TikTok house thing isn't long for this world. Um, have you been following the TikTok Willy Wonka guy? Uh, I have not. Although I, when you sent this to me, I was like, I don't know who this is. And then I discovered that he, in a previous incarnation, I did know who he was. So I fucking hate this guy. I, I absolutely, I absolutely hate the TikTok Willy Wonka guy. His name is Duke Depp. I don't know if that's uh, his real name either, but that's, maybe that's, it that's is. That's not a good name. No. I mean, I think it's a mashup of Raul Duke and Johnny Depp. Right, right. That, mm, yeah, I guess that. Makes I think sense. that's what that is. He is 19 years old, and his main thing is that he dresses up like the Johnny Depp, Willy Wonka character, and he's just like he just wears that outfit on TikTok. That's like his thing. Yeah, cool, normal thing to do. And uh, he announced a new mansion with Devin Kelly, Taddy, and Taddy Mitchell. Um, yeah, they are people. Yeah. I mean, they they also came from the same random name generator, and I'm trying to figure out what their na- their house's name is going to be, but I don't know if they've actually announced it yet. Um, no, it doesn't look like they've announced what the name of the house is going to be. But like that dude's whole deal is that he's Willy Wonka on TikTok. <laughs> I mean, that's a good deal. Like, there's 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 worse there's worse gimmicks. I mean, I guess, but like, I don't know. It reminds me of like it reminds me of like a very specific phenomenon that i feel like happens in like i don't know if this happens in british high schools it definitely happens in american high schools which is like the popular people like get really good at like oh, okay i remember there was like a popular kid in my middle school who could do a really good impression of timmy from south park he, you know he, yeah the sure. special needs character who'd just be like timmy he'd just say his own name i'm not gonna do it this popular kid like did it fairly well and then he became known as like the funny guy because he could like. He, and <laughs> then just, he, he's just he, about to bring out some like deeply repressed grudge that you've held on to because you're like, I was funny. I just can I mean, do the impressions good. I mean, no, I could do the impressions well. I could do I could do Adam Sandler. I could do Timmy from South Park. I could do Carmen from South Park. Clearly I could do all the middle well. school. I could do all the middle school impressions that you that you would want. You know, I could do that. I was funny. I it's could do not, that. Just not as well. No, no, I wasn't cool already. Sure. And so that's what it was. It was like the same way where like I was listening to Blink-182 in middle school and then the two most popular guys in middle school dressed up as Mark and Tom by just like wearing dicky shorts and like high socks and airwalks and everyone was like, oh my God, that's such a great costume. And I'm like, it's not that great of a costume. And also you only like it because they were already popular to begin with. And it's the same way with this like Willy Wonka. That's why I fucking hate the Willy Wonka guy so much. 
Yeah, this he's is just some like deeply repressed stuff. He's just like an already popular man who's like, oh, would it be funny if I like wear a Johnny if I wear the Johnny Depp Willy Wonka costume I got at, like Party <laughs> City last week? And he like does like a stupid dance or eats French fries in a parking lot, and everyone's like, oh my god, that's amazing. And it's like it's not amazing. He's just an already popular handsome guy who's dressed up like Johnny. Ah, I'm so fucking mad about it. I hate this fucking guy. He's everything wrong with everything. Cool. Okay. So, um, how do you feel about this new content house? I mean, I'm sure it'll be fine, but it's like, fuck, man, like. God damn it. Like, I don't, I just, it's just fucking stupid, man. It's just, (laughs) uh, oh man, I'm sure he's a nice guy, whatever. You know, if I was like pretty and handsome and and 19 years old, I'd also do the bare minimum because like, why not? You know? Also, if like, yeah, you can be deeply successful by just dressing up as what you want. Like, why would you do anything else? (laughs) Yeah. Just fucking do it. Go for it. if you could like move to a mansion in LA at 19 years old because like you exist and you have a camera on your phone, like why not? I mean, life's short. We're all going to die of a horrible disease or wildfires very soon. So go for it. You know, nothing means anything. Yeah. Oh, I fucking, I fucking hate this guy. I get in such a dark place <laughs> when I think about this guy. I'm so, I'm so mad about it. Man, I, that's uh... <laughs> sure. Yeah. There's, there's some, there's some deep stuff coming out there, man. Um, Glad we we're working. Talk this look, through. Th- this week is about working through it. Okay, that's what this week is about. It's about working through it. Should we talk about Takeshi Six Nine? Oh, I mean, I feel like that's like that's the perfect. I feel like this is the perfect place to end this week's episode, which is that uh, Takashi Six Nine showed up to, uh, I believe, the hype house this week. Uh, yeah, it was a hype house. I mean, this is what's got so weird about this is that. There's a guy who follows them around now and is like their paparazzo. Wait, what? There's there's a there's a paparazzo for like TikTok stars. Uh, oh, the, the Hollywood Fix guy. Oh, I didn't even. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I kind of heard about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's like he just follows them around and is like, oh yeah, no, this is cool. Like, which also has got to just feel completely insane. And I don't, I like I understand why you do it as a as a paparazzo, but it, it adds this whole level of like unreality to the thing. Where you know they're going into restaurants and he's like grabbing them outside to be like, "Hey guys, what? How are you responding to the backlash to Takeshi Six Nine? Well, I mean, I feel like it's part of the like simulation theory of these houses, which is that the whole idea is to give predominantly white, rich children like a facsimile of celebrity. And yeah. so the idea that they would have their own version of a paparazzi ecosystem makes total sense because the whole idea is to like gift these well-off children the feeling uh, of being powerful and famous. That's 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 sort of I, I feel like that's a huge you know I I tried to search a thing about one of the TikTokers that deleted a video she made with Takashi Six Nine just now, and one of the headlines is Olivia Ponter reveals. Kyo Sir cheated on her. Oh no! And Not and I was Kyo Sir. And then Olivia Pontin shades Kyo's new GF. And then is Olivia Pontin moving on with Ryan Garcia? Like none of this is anything. It's just, <laughs> but it's 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 just like to give like pretty like pretty young people a feeling that they're like in their own Kardashian setup. Like it's just. It's just going like I want to be famous. Uh, yeah, I want to have all the trappings of being famous, and so, and I don't. So yeah, I am now. I mean, you know? also because of the speed with which they get famous, this is essentially an infinite universe. 
Yeah. Yeah, like, it like feels... You couldn't rock up with... You can basically, you know, if you're a decent enough dancer, get a little bit lucky, and a few other things, like, you can get a million followers on TikTok, go, okay, I'm going to take a walk my plane trip, and somehow I'm now in this thing. Like, because it's, 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 yeah, it's like a, it's a meta reality show. Yes. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It feels like, and I feel like this thing has existed, this, this concept has existed for a long time. Like, you, you know, you have like an entire universe of interconnected reality shows on TLC. Like the 90 Day Fiance cinematic universe is sure. incredibly vast. And you have this with the Real Housewives and you have this with the Vanderpump Rules universe. And it's like, it creates its own reality. But what's so interesting about the the Hype House Network is that it's it's doing it yourself. It's like a decentralized meta reality, as you put it, of just like, people existing via online platforms and then that's sort of it like for the most part (laughs) so what we're essentially saying is tiktok is punk i think that's probably a better way to leave it than we're two bitter old 30 year old men who are bitching and moaning about what teenagers are doing in mansions in la we just Um, think music was better in our day i just think yeah, I just think that like we should go back to classic rock, like <laughs> Taking Back Sunday and uh, Fall Out Boy, uh, and <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I with all of this stuff, I always just wonder where it's going. Like I, I, and I, you know, I'm sure there'll be something that appears the next six months that becomes like what the future looks like, and we'll kind of scoff at it, and then like six months from now, I'll be like, oh yeah, there, there it was. That that was the future. Yeah, I mean, I think like it'll be some of them will become platform stars, like big on big on tiktok never really break out because they can't figure out like what the other thing they need to do is uh and there's plenty there's plenty of those on youtube and many of those will have like become much better youtubers because they're like okay this is the thing that i do and i'm gonna get really good at it and do much more interesting stuff there no no it's good stuff more interesting stuff more experimental stuff you're gonna have some people who are actually going to escape um and that's probably your addison ray or your Charlie D'Amelio, who are like, okay, they, they have another thing to go to and they're going to figure out what the next thing. And right. there's going to be a bunch that, you know, TikTok one day will will probably fade because it's an entertainment channel more than it is a social network. And, and that means like it doesn't have that, uh, what's the word for it? The, um, the network effect of yeah. like, it doesn't matter like how big it is if everyone's there, if there's just something that people would rather spend their time on, like they'll leave. That, that's, that, there's, no, there's no hold for that audience you know, in the way that there is in, in, on other platforms. Um, it's a very effective like hold, but it, it means that it will probably break at some point. Uh, and a lot of them, yeah, will just sort of disappear and they'll go and be interior designers because that's actually what they want to do and they'll get bored with whatever the hell this was. I mean, that's what we're going to do after this podcast. Like after we become like mega successful podcasters, we're going to retire and design Airbnbs for people. I always want to run a cheese shop. And there aren't enough cheese shops around. I think that'd be good. I would like to run a beach shack, like a small <laughs> beach bar in some coastal city, you know? That makes sense. Yeah, that's good. Sell sell daiquiris, maybe. That works. Yeah. So, what content are you consuming to stay sane, Luke? <laughs> uh, well, I just I just got the third Crusader Kings, which is a great game that is so heavy on my laptop, I can only play it for about an hour at a time before it crashes. What kind of game is it? It is a grand strategy game. Uh, so it is basically you start in like 867 BC, AD even, in some random backwaters of Ireland or Hungary or India or somewhere as like a really minor monarch. And then over the course of the next thousand years, you attempt to build an empire. But there's no win state. It's just like playing it. Uh, and so you're kind of trying to figure out like how to meld 
empire it meld like kingdoms together and you can see so you get various different like succession things so you might have like actually this is one of the reasons why i got so annoyed at the end of that game of thrones thing uh because it was the one dumb thing where they're like hey we have an elected leader which is a nightmare in crusader kings because they, when you your character dies you go on to the heir to your character but that could be anybody because they just elect it so you, you oh. have your so you can try and pass your traits on so you marry like you marry your king to like a queen with really who's really smart and stuff so that you pass those traits on to your kid so you've got a better ruler to play with on for the next generation but instead they're like oh well elect someone well let this fucking guy he's an idiot and everyone hates him but we've elected right. him for some reason and suddenly you're playing as this dipshit and everyone hates you and you lose your entire empire that you spent the last 500 years building up you, wait are you talking you're talking about Game of Thrones or you're talking about the game? The game. Okay. It was blurring there for a minute. Okay, yeah. I see what you're saying. Well, that's cool. That's nice that you get to play history. Can you take it all the way to Eisenhower? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you get to like 1465, 1452, I think. That's a good age to cut it off at, yeah. yeah. What have you been consuming to stay sane? Um, I guess this counts as content. I, I, there is a sale... For Labor Day here, so I bought this thing, which is a Launchpad X, um, and I got a copy of Ableton because doing sound design for this show has sort of reawoken my love of audio production. Um, okay. And so I've spent the last like week loading samples into this thing and like learning how to trigger them. <laughs> um, I chopped up like a bunch of like disco samples uh, and have figured out how to make lo-fi hip hop out of them. So that's kind of cool. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's something to do. Uh, I mean, anyone listening to this show for a long time knows I consume a lot of TV. So it's kind of been nice to, <laughs> to not do that, to not do that. Um, also, I feel like TV is running out. Um, and so while I have the interest in something that isn't TV, I can save up things for when we really start hitting the COVID drought, when everyone gets sick again, yep. which has already started. So, um, yeah, I've been, I've been tossing up, uh, tracks on SoundCloud and seeing what happens. Um, it's fun. It's something to do. Cool. I'll, That's uh, good. I'll, I'll end this week's show with, uh, with a lo-fi hip hop song I put together. And <laughs> Excellent. To I want to thank everybody for listening to the Patreon exclusive episode from last week. Once again, if you want to support the Patreon, go for it. Uh, please do. We'll be doing exclusive episodes there every other week. Um, I think we're, I'm going to rejigger the tiers that we're doing um, because I feel like giving people the option of $5 a month or $25 a month leaves a vast universe uh, in the middle that we would want to maybe... See, I'm, uh, pro, I'm, I'm pro simplicity. I just think like keep it simple man yeah i think i think we could as we start offering more stuff it might make more sense to kind of divvy it up but um more on that later um but for now uh expect the next uh patreon exclusive episode uh to hit uh not this week but next week uh we are changing things up slightly throwing an audible uh a fantastic listener um suggested that we should fight about star wars next (laughs) so we're gonna do that we're gonna fight it out i have a lot of thoughts about star wars i know you do too um and patreon is where we are gonna put stuff that you guys want you know you guys are the cus you guys are our boss so we're, we're gonna have a big vicious argument about the new star wars trilogy next week for you excellent um, I just think like they should have put Jar Jar Binks in it and then it would have been fixed. That's yeah, my that, that was that was the bloodline they should have kept alive, not the Palpatine bloodline. I just think like it should have been rated R and it should have had multiple Jar Jar Binks related sex scenes and then I would have been fine with it. Yeah, that's fair. I want Jar Jar to show Dong, you know? That's, that's what I want. <laughs> I want a little bit of Jar Jar Dong. 